Cower, quiver, and shake, for it is the end times, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go. I'm believing that Norway seems very nice this time of year. I think it might be time for a diaspora. We will all get on a boat, we'll point ourselves in the direction of Europe, and we will go... And it will be good. It will be very good. So much better. Oh. If you haven't picked up on it, I'm speaking to you today. After we have had both the Republican and Democratic National Conventions nominating officially their two candidates. And it's essentially a choice between, do I want very few third-degree burns, or do I want very many second-degree burns at this point? I'm not totally sure. As you may or may not know, I am very politically active, and I am very politically upset at this point, uh, with many, many things on both sides. But we're not here to talk about that, no! We're here to talk about website stuff and happy things. I'm going to watch an episode of Bob Ross. When I finish this wine I have. Speaking of wine, um, I'm really hoping that someday somebody will get it in their head that there needs to be better sizing for wine bottles. Because, I mean, two people sit down and you're going to have a bottle of wine. What's the other person going to drink? You are having the bottle of wine. Wine at my house. This says three servings per bottle. I'm sorry. You have your numbers wrong. One bottle per serving. Thank you very much. What's going on at the website? Well, let me tell you. That's why you're here. Uh, we have Wild Arms. We have Burning Heroes. We have Final Fantasy from Jade. He's doing a crazy Final Fantasy game. I don't know what it is, but it's different. And there are some things that are good. There's some things that are not so good. Simon the Sorcerer 2. There's more of that. Doom 3, how about? Jade Cocoon 2, Doom the fourth game, supposedly. Dark Souls 2, that's over there. We got some new rambling from Jade about expensive video games. We have some new Mystery Science Theater. We have some new polls. Scarlet is bad at polls, apparently. Um, we may be revoking his license for that. Uh, some new soundtracks, bunches of stuff. I mean, if you can imagine grapes, it's like a bunch of grapes, right? Uh, there's that much stuff. Really? No fooling. Grapes! Uh, there was wine, I'm sorry. Thank you. 
believe it was Ragnet who asked me um, if everything from the archives was just games that I had played. And of course, if you want to talk about your games, you do your own podcast. This is, believe it or not, the idea behind Electric Leftovers was really like 10% website, 90% other stuff. And we get the 10% right there at the beginning. Isn't that great? I understand it's hosted at the website, though, Jason. Uh, you could you could dab your own thing, really. But we're going to talk about uh, a game. So Castlevania, uh, apparently, viewers, it was a cakewalk compared to this bloody curse, you know. You thought you had the Prince of Darkness defanged, eh, Simon Belmont? Well, think again, because according to a damsel in distress, evil Count Dracula has left a horrifying curse in his wake. The only hope you have of ending the terrorist to destroy is missing body parts. Talk about your frightening quest, searching a maze of mansions, graveyards, and dark, eerie forests, each guarded by man-eating werewolves, fire-throwing zombies, and other devilish demons. Your grim chances are kept alive in Transylvania, where cowardly villagers offer clues to the whereabouts of Dracula's remains, and where you'll purchase magic weapons including silver knives and flame whips. But beware the night, for when the sun disappears, Dracula's curse grows deadlier, and your chances grow dimmer and dimmer. That's right, it's Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. It's for the Nintendo. Did you know this is the first game to have multiple endings? Well, it is. It's also going to be out on the uh, NES Mini. And I feel like this game gets a bad rap. I feel like this game is actually not too terrible. Um, all other problems aside, I like this one better than any of the others on the NES, and I will fight anyone who says uh, that I'm wrong. Because it's an opinion. I can't be wrong. Uh, playlist is a whopping six episodes, one per mansion, plus the very end of the game. And yeah, I quite enjoy this game very much. And you can too. Time. Are you ready for some news? Here's here's a here's something that's 
in bold that's probably not supposed to be in bold, I will read it in a bold voice. Let me have a drink first. That's how you drink your wine, you slurp it. A 28-year-old woman, unnamed in news reports, veered off the road and into a house in the Florida panhandle town of Mary Esther on July 7th. She apparently was free of drug or alcohol influence, but readily explained to police that she must have gone through a stop sign and left the road when she closed her eyes to pray as she drove. The house was damaged, but no one was injured. Saw that on Facebook. Real story. Jesus did not take the wheel. Weird numbers making the news recently, ladies and gentlemen. The Transportation Security Administration announced in May that it had collected $765,000 in loose change left behind an airport scanner trays during 2015, an average haul for the agency of $2,100 a day. Numbers, assuming, of course, that the TSA personnel turn in all the money they find. The Los Angeles and Miami airports contributed $106,000 of the total. Those weird numbers, probably just because they're uh, consecutive. 765 and 765,000 and 2100 being 2 and 1. Uh, more weird numbers, we'll take your word for it. Scientists at the University of Cambridge writing in May in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences claim to have figured out how to construct a motor a million times smaller than an ant. It apparently involves lasers, gold particles, and van der Waals forces and the object is to bind the gold particles and them, causing them to automatically snap apart. According to author Jeremy Baumberg, 10 to 100 times more force per unit than any other known machine. Maybe for its size? I don't know. CEO Michael Pearson... This is still the numbers thing. I think, I think maybe. Oh, there's a problem with the formatting. We'll never know what these are. I should email them. Help! I can't do my podcast. Your page is messed up. Uh, we'll just we'll just pretend like we know what we're talking about. CEO Michael Pearson told a Senate committee in April that he regrets the business model he instituted in 2015 for Valent Pharmaceuticals, the one that, for example, allowed a drug, Cupramine, that treats liver failure and formerly cost a typical user out of pocket about three dollars a pill, <coughs> excuse me, or 120 dollars per month. Uh, 120 pills per month, excuse me, for 366 to overnight. They raise that cost to $15 a pill. The insurance company and Medicare's cost went overnight from about $5,000 per 100 tablets to $26,000. A Deutsche Bank analysis of the industry tallied Valen's all-drug average price spike at more than five times the average of any competitors. Pearson told the senator that he had no idea that such a pricing strategy would turn out to be so controversial. Suddenly, gas is $15 a gallon. Ah, no one will notice. Neck and back support, the Japanese branch of the intimate apparel maker Genie is currently advertising in Japanese and English a handy guide for bras that emphasizes the hardship women bear by having to lug around breasts of certain sizes in ill-fitting garments. These Genie charts reveal weight in ounces of typical A-cup chest at about 11.5 ounces through F-cup at 41.7 ounces or 2.6 pounds. To assist in enumerate comparisons, such as A-cup pairs weighing as much as two chipmunks, C-cups as one new polar bear cub, and F-cups as one three-month-old Persian kitten. Now I get it. I've lifted newborn polar bear cubs. I do that like every Wednesday. Just before I sit down and record this, I go and I've got them on a bar. 
like barbells, but it's polar bear cubs. Oh, it's great. The passing parade, ladies and gentlemen, our first story. Mark Heron, he's 49, of Sunderland, England. He was arrested again in May, his 448th arrest on alcohol-related charges. The year started well for Heron, with only 14 callers through March, and he cleaned up briefly before a family bereavement sent him spiraling downward again. His current lawyer admitted that his client has had court, has been in court more often than he himself has. Our second story, Austrian Hans Heiland vowed in June to assist a needy family in Oberholtz by no- donating to a charity fundraiser sponsored by the local fire department. He's been collecting bottle tops through the years and figures he could sell his treasure now as scrap metal to help the family. He has at least 10,000. Now make that 10 million caps, weighing several tons. Next story, how many fell for this? In May, the federal government finally shut down a long-running international scam that sold psychic assurances, prosperity, winning lottery numbers, to more than a million Americans in personalized form letters. Two French psychics had guaranteed success and riches to clients if they would only buy their $50 books, a massive upselling uh, usually followed. The Justice Department estimated that during the spree, the sellers earned upward of $180 million on at least 56 million pieces of postal mail. In other news, Madame Cleo passed away at 53. I think she would have seen it coming, made some changes. That was a wine break. In a June verdict still reverberating through the telemarketing industry, Yeah, you heard that. A jury in Utah found that three companies run by Forrest Baker III had illegally made 99 million phone calls to consumers on the Do Not Call registry and an additional 18 million calls telling people that they were merely doing surveys when the purpose was hawking their family-friendly movies. Both charges are violations of the Federal Trade Commission's telemarketing sales rule. Although the total fine and damages have not been decided, the law provides that the most serious offenders could be assessed $16,000 per phone call, which would be a maximum of almost $1.9 trillion. Trillion with not a B. Next story, a recent study by a Harvard University data scientist estimated that the government of China funds the creation of at least 488 million bogus social media posts a year. That's very many a day. The report refers to a rumored government-sponsored arrangement that pays people the equivalent of 8 US cents per post of news for the purpose of distracting social media users and channeling them to subjects preferred by the government, such as successes of the Communist Party. 8 cents a post? I can make $8 a day on my Facebook. You should follow me on my Facebook. The family of a Virginia Tech student missing since 1998 was notified in March that their man's remains and ID had been found in a wooded ravine 700 feet below the New River Gorge Bridge near Beckley, West Virginia, in an area that the man's vehicle tracker had long identified for potential searching. A West Virginia State Police sergeant told reporters that in the years since the student disappeared, the remains of 48 other bodies had been found underneath the bridge. Do something with the bridge, man. Recurring themes, our first story for Fernando Estralia, 41. He was arrested in Franklin County, Vermont, so he probably doesn't pronounce his name Estralia, in March and charged with making the foolish error of running a stop sign while carrying a heroin haul. 
Estrella was re rectally packing three condoms stuffed with enough heroin, said police, to fill 1,428 street retail-sized baggies. If they are street retail-sized, does that mean that there's also a minimum advertised price for your little baggies of heroin on the street? I am curious. Someone find out. Uh, Estracy Sanchez Izazaga, Izazaga, there's how it's spelled, 29 was arrested for a DUI hit-and-run and vehicular manslaughter in Oceanside, California in June after driving three-fourths of a mile, that's 3,960 feet, with a pedestrian's corpse firmly lodged in her windshield after she struck the man. The drive ended up at her home where her horrified husband noticed the body and called the police. She did not notice the body. Lodged in the windshield. You know, the big thing you look through? I bet she turned the washers on. What is this? Get it off the car. Get it to my star. Something like that. As typical as many pervert suspects in Dues of the Weird. That's how we start stories here. Roger Marsh, 65, of Cowling, England, was a prodigious collector and hoarder of indecent images. He was caught with a camera attached to his shoe following skirted women around an Ikea store. And in, oh, sorry, Ikea. That's how it's spelled. And pronounced, excuse me. It's also how it's spelled. And in May was ordered to jail for 18 months by Leeds Crown Court, covering six offenses. However, police had also discovered a trove of... 709,336 images and videos at his home, and preliminary, a preliminary perusal of the collection showed 1,600 live files of voyeurism and about 9,000 indecent images of children. Speaking of really horrible, nasty things, we have mentioned on the show a couple of times that in Oregon, it is totally fine to take pictures, uh, upskirt pictures, like... Um, what was his name? Uh, Roger was doing. It is also apparently now legal in... Where was it? Georgia? Florida? Somewhere like that? Judge said it was fine. Said uh, you shouldn't go outside dressed like that if you don't want people taking pictures of you. I mean, why wear clothes at all, right? Yeah. Time for a wine break. I am parched. Here is our classic from August 2012. New Mexico is an open carry state with otherwise law-abiding adults authorized to display loaded handguns in public. However, in the town of Vaughn, it's got a population of about 500, it's about 90 miles east of Albuquerque. That's where Bugs Bunny is always trying to go. Perhaps the only people not legally able to carry are the town's two police officers. A June 2012 KOB TV, Cobb TV, report revealed that Chief Ernest Amarillo had been convicted in 2011 of criminal non-support of a wife and two sons and was barred from possessing a gun. Meanwhile, Deputy Brian Bernal has his own domestic issue, a conviction for family violence that bans him under federal law from carrying. A month after the news of the weird story, both men resigned, leaving the town's police dog the only active officer. Story brought to you from Cobb TV. Where there's news, Cobb is there.
poll of the day while I'm recording this is in the great PC versus console gaming debate, where do you stand? Uh, oddly enough, more people feel consoles are better than PCs. More people feel PCs are better, but consoles are okay. And a whopping 67% say that, you know what, they're both fine. So, ignore what the media tells you. We all get along just fine. Now, we need a review. Oh, look, there's not a review for this version of the game. So we'll do this one, because it's closer. Maybe. Let's look at the other one. Hold on. We might, we'll do both of these, because they're quick reviews, and one is very high, and one is very low. We'll start with the very high one. Ah, stupid NTSC market always cuts out the good stuff. A Captain Silver review by Stan S. Egg. That's what it says. Why were we in America and Canada so plagued by pathetic marketing of the Sega Master System? Why? This game I suggest you only play in the PAL version. Pick it up if you want. We SMS fans don't have to worry about stupid compatibility issues on most of the games we play. Anyway, I remember a friend of mine picking this up near the end of the Master System's life and we sat and played it for hours. However, we always wondered why in the world two stages were mentioned featuring enemy pictures in the manual, but yet did not appear in the actual game. Found out much later, much to my happiness. Keep in mind that I'm reviewing the PAL version of this game. If the NTSC, I would be giving it lower scores because of the sheer idiocy, idiocy excuse me, in releasing game missing awesome content. I'm not particularly feeling the muse today, so this won't be my most interesting review. Gameplay 10, can't think of anything clever's out of 10. Oh, he's one of those reviewers. In Captain Silver, you, as, you play as Jim. Good one, guys. And as the fine lad, you embark, actual quote from the manual, on your quest to find the legendary treasure of Captain Silver, a pirate. Pretty nice take on the basic game genre. Can't really think of any other games that try something similar to this, but other than the concept, it's your basic run around and jump and attack things and get power-ups. It's a great game, though. There are six levels, only a lame four in the god-awful NTSC version, each in increasingly difficulty. At the end of every level is a boss. Get to the end and you take on Captain Silver's ghost. The power-ups include jumping boots, herbs so you can survive one attack without dying, and sprites, which increase the power of your sword and allow you to shoot out stars, one at first, and then like six if you keep getting more. Jim can duck and jump all over the place and slash at everything. It's basic, but a lot of fun. You collect letters to spell Captain Silver to get extra lives, collect gold to purchase power-ups at shops, get treasure every once in a while, and so forth. Great game. Simple, but great. Graphics L10 out of 10 very nice. The SMS is known for this. Lots of colors and excellent backgrounds. The enemies are interesting most of the time and nicely detailed. The boss characters are of particular interest. Music slash sound, 10 out of a possibles out of 10. Hmm. Very nice for the master system. Can't complain. Catchy, piratey, yo-ho-ho-y, the best. It actually sticks in ye head and simply writing now I can't, I can hear it over and over again. Nicely done. Control, 10 left-handed joysticks out of 10. I had to mention that. Really, why did they make those? Anyway, controls of the game are excellent. Our chap Jim moves well and responds well. You shouldn't have any problems getting into it. Sometimes you can jump a bit short if you don't press the directional pad right, but it's not really an issue. Difficulty, 
10 can't think of any things out of 10. Jeez, this is pathetic. I'm sorry, everyone. This isn't really to be expected of me, but I must go on. Captain Silver is a great game as far as difficulty goes. It starts out kind of easy and gets progressively more difficult. The NTSC version skips over some of the harder levels. Stupid game, so don't bother with it. But the PAL version has all of them, baby. It's pretty hard at times, in fact, but luckily you can use the old security treasure of Captain Silver, which is pressing buttons 1 and 2 while rapidly pressing up after you die. That way you can continue on the last level you played. Sweetness! Overall 10 already! Jeez! This is simply a great game. One of the greats for the SMS that you'll really get into. The only problem is, of course, the crappy NTSC version released onto unsuspecting NTSC peoples. It's really quite sad. I guess we did get the better cover art out of the two, though, so that gives you a reason to buy that one. Buy it, then switch the cartridges and tell everyone you found the only NTSC copy in existence with the other levels other than the prototype. Hmm, good idea, actually. Here I go! Reviewers rating 5, Flawless, originally posted January 25th, 05. Stupid NTSC market always cuts out the good stuff. Captain Silver Review by Stan S. Um, I, I don't know. I, this one's tough, because I haven't played the Master System version. I played the NES version, which was both reports of the arcade version, which is what we're going to read a review for next. Um, I would say it was a pretty good game. I don't know if I would call it flawless. So let's read the next review. A Cure for 8-Bit Nostalgia. Review by The Sammies. By the way, I will say before we start this, I enjoyed Stan S's uh, review format. Pretty good. Uh, okay, anyway, The Sammies. He says, <clears throat> Captain Silver is the kind of game that makes ghosts, ghouls and ghosts look easy. It's a game where odds are so stacked against you that most players will struggle to even complete the first level. Difficult games can be good, but an excess of difficulty can inhibit the experience for all but the most masochistic of players. Do you enjoy restarting from checkpoints? Do you like shoving your life savings into an arcade machine? How about a slow main character that moves in awkward ways, a screen filled with fast enemies, and an attack that is next to useless? Would you actually enjoy this? If you do, then maybe, just maybe, you might enjoy Captain Silver. Story! Captain Silver is a pirate. He fights off monsters and looks for treasure. There's not much for the story. This is an 8-bit arcade game. You really don't have to expect much from them. The fact that it has awesome stuff like a pirate fighting off hordes of werewolves has to count for something though, right? Um, I'm going to interject here and say that is wrong. That is not the story. Uh, the story in both of the other games is clearly the correct one. You are Jim searching for the treasure of Captain Silver. Presentation. Captain Silver looks great. Sprites have a certain minimalist look to them that actually makes them stand out. They don't have a lot of animation, but they do look nice. Backgrounds are oozing with character. They capture the atmosphere of the romanticized life of a pirate perfectly. Dark nights, sandy beaches, huge ships. It's a shame most people will never see the nice 8-bit graphics. Gameplay. Do you believe that games are too easy? Are you one of those elitist guys who believes that game must be hard so that only true gamers can enjoy them? Do you love it when games punish you like nothing else? Consider Captain Silver a test in your beliefs. You can make it through the whole game and honestly say that you enjoyed it and that games need to be this hard? Then okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, you probably cheated. Uh, I'm going to interject here and say this is one thing I hate about people. When they are bad at a game, it is obviously too hard of a game, and anyone else that is good at the game is a cheater. Also, not everybody who plays video games is guys. Captain Silver moves very slow and his enemies over fast. 
He has a huge sprite, so good luck dodging anything. His attack is a swing of the sword, which not only has some very poor range, but also moves in such an awkward way, it can be hard to get it to hit right. The first level is comparatively tame, but as the game goes, it will get a lot harder and will get worse and worse. If you lose a life, you must start from the last checkpoint, and don't think that you can just push credits to complete the game either. If you continue, you start from the beginning of the level. Don't you wish you were playing a better game instead of endlessly replaying the same segment of a level over and over again? interject here. Um, you lose a life, you start at a little checkpoint. Uh, that's generally how most games like this work. It is not unique to this game. If your conviction or stubbornness takes you past the first level, it only gets worse. The enemies are faster. There is more of them. The game shows no mercy. Still think games should be hard like they were back in the 8-bit days? Keep going. Captain Silver is a long and arduous journey. I hope you brought a lot of quetas. There's also this insane bonus thing where you collect the letters of the alphabet, spell the word Captain Silver, and you get an extra life. Good luck earning any extra lives. The game loves taunting you by giving useless letters like Q, Z, or K. Cool fact, though, the console ports of Captain Silver are slightly easier than the arcade version. Slightly. Also try the two Battle Kid games on the NES. I want to be the guy on the PC and its various deviations. Uh, test your ideals and honestly say that the game should be this hard with a straight face. Look me in the eye. Do you really want this? Viewers rating 1.5. Bad. Originally posted March 8th, 2013. A cure for 8-bit nostalgia. A Captain Silver review by the Sammies. So I fall somewhere in between the two. Um, I don't think, again, haven't played the arcade version. Haven't played the Master System version, which were the two I reviewed. Uh, there are no reviews for the NES version. Somebody listening to this podcast should go write one. Just saying. I'm going to put the game about halfway in between. Um, I think the gameplay was fine. I think the music was good. I think the graphics were good. I don't think it was flawless by any means, but I don't think it was worth a one and a half. Uh, as the Sammies seems to think. take a moment to remind everybody that if you would like to contact the show, you are ever so welcome to. And I mean that. I mean any time, day or night. You can call me. I won't answer the phone, but you can call me. You can email me. You can, you can, I mean, so many things. Forums, and the Facebooks, and the Twitters. Try it. You, you won't believe it. Your eyes won't believe what your fingers have done. Give us a call, 1-800-871-9012. That's a toll-free number. Then you have to put an extension. That number is 700-491. And then you will go to our voicemail, and you can leave a voicemail. And I will answer that voicemail, and uh, I will talk about it in the show. If you want me to. If you don't, say so, and I won't put your voicemail in the show. But I will probably laugh at you.
gentlemen, that is it for the show this week. I do hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you're enjoying the new music. I hope you're enjoying just everything and having a great day. By the way, it is a million and a half degrees. And, uh, you know, I mentioned end times earlier. Yeah, it's coming. The sun is going to crash into the earth and we are all going to melt. I don't mean to be a downer, but that's how it's going to go. Uh, I want to thank you, though, for, for checking everything out. I hope you're enjoying the music and everything else. I am going to sneak this little bit of update in here at the end of the show. Uh, our good friend Coolio, if you don't know, has been diligently working on getting a ton of stuff updated at the website. I mean, so much stuff. You won't even believe the stuff. I don't even believe this stuff. I did not think it was possible for this stuff. Uh, there's going to be probably more stuff even again, probably within the next month. Uh, working on a ton, a ton, a ton of stuff. Um, optimizing a bunch of things, updating some code, replacing some old code with some new code, working on just a ton of stuff. He's a busy man. He's a busy man on this website. So I want everybody to say thank you to Coolio. I want you to act, you know what, call, because he listens to the podcast. Call him. Call up the podcast, 1-800-871-9012, extension 700491, and tell him thank you and what a great job he's doing on the website. All right? I think that's something that you should do. Meanwhile, I'm going to finish this wine. I'm going to find some food. Oh, I probably should have done that before I started drinking the wine. Um, And I've got to, like, water my lawn and do some landscaping. So I'm going to do landscaping, not manscaping. I naturally look this good. That was a wine break. <laughs>